Hello guys, back for another episode. Today we are going to be going over flexibility versus mobility. I think it's a great topic to try and get people to understand. I think it's probably there's a lot of confusion out there about what is the difference, what which one do you use, and uh, what makes lasting change. And uh, and understanding that if we you are doing uh, you know a high active sport that demands a lot of range in in your sport whether it's crossfit it's track and field or foot, football or or, or or a sport that's very demanding on on the joints and the ligaments and the muscles you have to put in a protocol of staying loose it's just a point where where you use your muscles a lot and it's just hard graft and intense intense they will get tight um even bodybuilding if you're breaking down muscle fibers and they're, they're building back bigger um, you know, they can become stiff and tight if you're not putting in a protocol in there. So we're going to go through a lot of things to not make it too co confusing because it, I, I found for me going into the flexibility and mobility, which I've been very keen on learning over the, the years, it's it's very, very complex. It's, it's almost like it's... You, I've learned that you've got to separate it from your training. It is training. It can be training on its own because mm. the intensity of the levels of your flexibility can leave you uh, pretty sore the next few days. And when you're starting to express into new range, you've now got a pretty much a bit of a weaker muscle. You've got to learn the movement. I think the, there's two, or not two, but there's lots of different schools of thoughts with this. Yeah, there um, is. And it is still something that's evolving in terms of like strength training. It goes dates back hundreds of years, like the barbell was created in, I think it was like 1880 sometime. So strength training has been around for over a hundred years, whereas this stuff is very new. Yeah. This stuff, as you but, said, like it's only come about in the last kind of five to six years predominantly since like you've been in the CrossFit gym and like I've been in it's, as well. Yeah, you've been, seeing you, you and talked to you. You've been more aware of it. It's, it's, don't get me wrong, training is a great way of preventing injuries, but as long as you're, flexibility or mobility protocols alongside mm. then you'll be able to train harder and 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 do a lot more so if we get on to the the, the first topic is flexibility versus mobility what is the difference do you understand there is there's, there's a difference there's a slight difference it's, yeah they are which, which one do you do you, yeah i think that's the thing you say oh yeah i'm just going like doing some flexibility stuff and or you say i'm doing mobility stuff and you sit and stack stretching and but so, basically, yeah, mobility. So, so mobility, if we go with mobility, mobility is the one that everyone goes, oh, I'm going to do some mobility work. So it's the ability of a joint actively moving through a range of motion. So it's basically, it's it's your movement. It's it's yeah. your loaded, it can be your loaded movement. So it can be anything from your squat. It could be anything from your, you know, moving in, in where you want to go with that range. So yeah, that's, that's, um, your, that's your mobility. It's taking that, that joint... Well, through it's, the it's, yeah, through the full range and predominantly, it's, it might not always be under low, but predominantly under low because it's an active position. So um, Charles Poliquin, one of the great um, great strength trainers, uh, trainers of our time, pioneers, he always said um, strength is gained in the range that it's trained. Yeah. So that's mobility. That's mobility. It's, how, it's the range of movement with load or under tension. Okay, so think about a back squat. Why some people can sit arse to grass like mm -hmm. yourself. Yeah. Because you have strength in the whole, whole range, range of movement. And that's what you're saying about you start building new ranges and you have to learn them. You have to learn them over time. So, yeah, mobility is 
it's doing your strength protocols. It's doing it's, your strength It's protocols. doing your positional work that is actively creating a neurological adaptation to the muscle. Yeah, that's right. So. Then we move into the flexibility, which is ability of a muscle to passively lengthen through a range of motion. So ideally, that's your static stretching. It's just static. Yeah, it's, it's, it's passive. It's, it's so passive. that's why us as coaches, we see people that are like incredibly good at yoga, incredibly flexible, um, have done like all sorts of long stretching throughout their life, but they come into a gym and they want to squat a barbell and they only only can do a half squat. Yeah. Because they, they, they can passively get into an incredible range, but they don't, goes back to the mobility, they don't have the strength, the strength to go into that range. Yeah, that's it. And it's building the strength through that range, even though they can be flexible, it's building the strength and that's further down the line in this in this topic today. We're going to start talking about how the nervous systems and stuff like that can come into play. But that that's that's your pretty much a difference between mobility and flexibility. Mm. And then I think there's you can you can then channel that into three categories. So we can have a movement, an active, and a passive. Mm. So if we think about the movement, a dynamic to use full range through the strength training exercises, that's. Romanian deadlifts, split squats. Something that's putting you through, through those the, long positions. Those long possible. positions, yeah. So like, uh, yeah, like the, the split squats are a perfect example. Kind of like, you can't get into a, a back squat position because there's, there's a lot going on. And sometimes, and there's a, a coach that talks massively about how back squats, he doesn't think of functional Eugene. Yeah. Talks about like, get on a leg press, get into a better range or get onto a, a split squat where you're putting the knee and hip through an even greater range, range than what you might be able to achieve on a back squat. Yeah. Same goes back to the mobility. You build strength in that range. Yeah. Then you come back to your back squat and you can hit new found positions. Yeah. So I know um, one of your favorites is the, or it's, it's called the ATG split squat now. That's, yes. Um, the, the I new, think it's recently named. It's new, like yeah, a so ben, ben, ben Patrick is this new... Phenomenal. Phenomenal who's blasted through um, in, in Instagram. That's how I found him. And basically, he's he was a basketball player. Um, and he's fucking he, flexible. Who, well, he <laughs> is now, like, but he, he, he'd, he'd spent a long time playing basketball and had a really bad knee and spent, a, from, from what I know, he spent a lot of money on cosmetic surgery. He spent about $10,000 on rectifying this knee. And then after that... They basically said, you're never going to Basically, they said, again. you're never going to have that knee flexion again. And he was like, okay. And then he started working on these knee over toes, the ATG split squat and and using the slant board and taking it through range. And then he could slam dunk, which he yeah. never never done before. He can move. Um, if you ever ch- check him out on Instagram, he's check just him called out. knees over toes guy, right? And knees over toes guys. And um, he's... It, Definitely, it definitely fits into the flexibility and mobility world of like, look, you, not only do you have to take take care of, of the muscle, but you've got to take care of the tendons and the, the ligaments as well and, and express yeah. them into new ranges to make it, you know, to get away from injuries. Yeah, and I, I think like, even if you are injured, the the great thing, or the thing to take into account is like, if, yeah, if you injured yourself in a certain movement or a certain movement pattern, and as you said, like I'll use your knees going over your toes as a, an example. But if you've injured yourself in that pattern, like the the first thing you're thinking is, oh, I don't, I never want to go back into. But you need to, like, you need to obviously heal, reduce inflammation, yep. get to a point that there's no pain, and then put it back into the position where you potentially got injured. 
So your building, as I said, mobility, yeah, and, flexibility and, back into and that. And I, I literally found him like, so uh, the last previous lockdown, I really sprained my ankle. Like I thought mm. I'd fractured it. So I went and fell off a curb. Yeah, yeah fell, <laughs> fell off a curb. Did yesterday. Like an idiot. Yeah. But it was bad. It was swollen. It's bruised, and I lost a lot of range in that foot from that. Mm. Um, you know, had the X-rays. Thank God it wasn't wasn't fractured. But I could. I, I lost it, and then just browsing, I found knees over toe guy, and I started putting those protocols. Within three four weeks, I had more range than I've ever yeah, had in yeah. that ankle. And it was just being consistent, working with exercises and moving it. And, you know, we do probably see with people with the back squat, the probably the biggest restriction is their dorsiflexion. That ankle, so if that yeah. ankle stops that knee from moving forward, obviously it's going to start pushing them back. And, and then that's when we're going to see the, the hinge come in and it looks like a folding squat rather than a nice coming down through the middle squat. So a nice piece of paper. Yeah. So basically with the movement, you're looking to, to lengthen Concentric loading, concentric, shorten the the, the, the muscles and, and time under tension. Mm. And that's that's a good way of building through your first stage of mobility. Yeah, and I think the movement selection is is huge on that. And like like with any training, is I doubt you went into like adding extra dorsiflexion with load straight away. You've got to do it. Oh yeah, no, said, straight away. If you're doing that, it's it's body weight. Yeah, it's, it's working it's in body weight, and then it's it's you can. Yeah, and then I was putting my front foot elevated as well, so, mm. or even on a box, just working on pushing that extra knee forward through the hip. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to just like I say, like, as we go further down. There's when we get into the topic of doing too much or going too hard, you yeah, can yeah. have a, a reverse effect on on your flexibility and mobility. As we touch like exercise selection with that is going to be going to be paramount and exercise selection that's in your training yeah if you've got tight hamstrings because you potentially sit all day you said the romanian deadlifts the perfect a great movement yeah what you're doing is you're focusing on the eccentric so the lengthening portion of a muscle because muscles predominantly just work in two ways they work in yeah like lengthen and shorten lengthen and shorten and we, we know there's a good few studies now on the hamstrings to be that that nordics are supposed to be you Nord, know, yeah if one you, of the best strengtheners and lengtheners that in, you can do a clip of you doing a nordic yeah to, <laughs> if you can. i'll try I, i'll do one on the ghd because yeah, okay that, that i can undo but yeah they are again because if you look especially if we touch to the point back to crossfit you know there's very little hamstring work that gets done it's called for, like you need your hamstrings in deadlifts, you need your hamstrings in the Olympic lifting, but if you're coming in and, and you haven't done any, you know, isolated hamstring work, you're more likely not turning them on and you're becoming a very quad dominant athlete. Because everything's Because you can get away from it. You can turn them off and go, yeah, I'll let my quads do it. Even a kettlebell swing. How many times do we see people driving through the legs rather than actually hinging quads and quads and, and quads. driving through the glutes and the hamstrings because they're tight? And you know, a simple test, a toe touch. If you can't touch your toes, you definitely need to start working some protocols on getting those hamstrings yeah. flexible because it will burden you in your training. And I think like another thing with the the cross and I know you this is something that stuck in my head from when you spoke about bodybuilding, which we'll go into a second, but it's there's not much time in CrossFit where you're under eccentric load. Yeah, you're going it's very in a back, fast. Yeah, bump. you're in a back squat. You you basically just drop and bounce. Drop, drop and bounce. If you look at wall balls, it's really get down quick to explode. Deadlift is just you know, drop bang. Foster's the same thing. The last because when you are doing expressional movements like that in CrossFit, it's all about consu consuming energy. So the last thing you want to be doing in a thruster is be holding that bar constant tension through because if you're doing all the eccentric loading on the way down obviously that's going to use a lot more energy so if you're doing a workout like fran 
you know, you could, those first 21 thrusters are going to burn you out. So the whole point is about driving that bar up and, and then moving with the bar on the way down. Yeah, so yeah. You're, 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 there's not a lot of stress and not a lot of load and then you power out the bottom. I think, there's, um, I think there was some interesting data that study that James Fitzgerald um, spoke about or, or quite went in quite depth with it about how eccentric loading is basically the most fatiguing stage of a movement pattern. If you think about it, eccentric, uh, like the, the lengthen, then you've got isometric, so a hold, and then the concentric, which is a shortened. The, the most fatiguing and which is the most predominant in the DOMS and how you feel really sore is the eccentric loading. Yeah. So I remember in bodybuilding, as I mentioned, it's you spoke about how bodybuilders are really fucking good at like just yanking weights and they'll get huge off that. But you said a years ago you worked with some people and you just said, okay, now we're gonna add some like tempo. We're gonna oh. slow it down, and they fucking struggled. The weights just dropped yeah, from so, like a fifty so, kilo so, row to like a ten so kilo. So I've, I've got a, a good bodybuilder friend, my friend Amir, who's a, a big guy, and I've mm. trained with him a few times. And I remember he came down here, and um, yeah, he's a big, massive bodybuilder, phenomenal physique, and I just expressed a bit of tempo training with him. And how difficult it was just taking them through a little bit of tempo range, a bit of more contraction, slowing it down. And that's how Dorian Yates used to train. And that's why he used to make bodybuilders physically throw up. Yeah. Because it wasn't just about bam, bam, bam. He used to make them really contract, hold where they're getting all those muscle fibers just to completely take over and build up that lactate and yeah it used to make them feel like fucking hell that was a yeah, that was different type of workout so your mate probably felt absolute trash the next day yeah so going <laughs> through those ranges is really important and we can't go on enough like time under tension that is mobility training you know it's teaching you the motor control of the movement but not only that you're, you're letting the the muscles slowly understand okay we're going into this range and we're going to get strong into this range so it's, it is a big part of working through and, the movement yeah and as, as you said at the beginning and we'll touch on more it's like as you start to learn new ranges like it's fatiguing it's tiring it's, fatiguing. it's, 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 tiring. it's tough got, right yeah it's, it's hard especially when you move through other flexibility mobility work it can be equally like i can do a mobility flexibility session where it's I'd rather be doing the heavy back squats, you know, <laughs> and it, and that's the thing. We'll talk later on more about it. It's being consistent with it. It's, it's not fun to do, but the rewards at the end become much greater. Okay, so the next thing we go active, more static positions, using your own strength uh, to hold positions. So, using the antagonist training. Mm is an act of training muscle groups that oppose of antagonize one or another so to the antagonist muscle hold yourself in a stretched position so an example of that would be if i wanted to use the opposing muscles to the hamstring so i could use the quads and the hip flexors so sitting down on the floor and doing like pipe leg lifts mm. is going to then help me get into the hamstrings and then sit forward so a perfect example i know when people try and do l sits yeah this is where this naturally happens they're like oh my hamstrings are tight or, or, well like, no they no. don't get that the quads cramp up they're yeah. like so they, they think it's hamstring but they, tension yeah tightness. yeah but what, what it is it's, it's just like that is the hamstring pulling back so because they haven't got the length to hold a nice leg out what it does then it puts more stress on the quad so the quad is now going, shit, I want to straighten the leg, but the hamstring's not letting me straighten the leg. And that's where you can use 
the, the antagonist and the, the agonist to improve through flexibility range. I know you've been working on your 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 split, um, like the the side split. Is it side split? I'm working on both. I'm working on front split and side okay. split now. But so like, you'd think in the split, okay, oh, I need to get really loose, like adductors, like inner thigh, um, and like oh yeah, if I need to, if I get them loose, I loosen my hamstring, that'll be fine. But there's so much as you said, it goes back to the same thing agonist antagonist and like you need to get like you, you need hips. it all you, you need, need better the, hip the hips position, need to be looser hip flexors, um, everything i need to that. strengthen my adductors now so i've and been that's wor- working flexibility and mobility that's flexibility right? and mobility so i've been working for a phase just doing a horse stance which is very similar to the suit basically it's a sumo deadlift stance but oh fuck me it's really really hard <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that is gonna help work into the side split over time because I'm strengthening now those areas and expressing them to be able to go into better ranges. Um, and yeah, it's tough. It's tough work, but you've got to hang in there if you want it. And you, once you improve those ranges, it will improve your movement, so you will be better at what you do, and you will have low risk of injury, which is the most important part. Yeah, there's a there is a fancy name for the. Uh, we've got a definition here. Um, it's called reciprocal inhibition which basically means it describes the relaxing of a muscle on one side of the joint to accommodate contraction on the other on side. The side so as you were saying you loosen your quads and your hip flexors you'll be able to get into a better l set through those hamstrings and use the hamstrings yeah so uh yeah and, and all of this is like it's not ultimately like a muscle thing it's actually just a neurological thing it's very neurological so you know from from reading through different case studies and we know that the emergency brake system so what's stopping you touching your toes is your nervous system goes i've not been in that range he's gonna hurt himself he's gonna hurt himself stop stop and that's what it what it is and and then once you start being able to work with that and express new ranges, then it will start to go. So the biggest thing we probably see is if we go into a static stretch, especially if we go, right, come on guys, let's do this stretch. We see this all the time. People go from one to five straight away. So they're not gonna sit in that static stretch long enough to actually let the nervous system go, okay, it's okay, and then relax the muscle. So they're automatically, they're resisting the stretch. So they're in there like one to five, they can't breathe, they're seriously sweating, going, fuck me, fuck me. Oh, my, oh my God, yeah, 20 <laughs> seconds, that's enough. And then they're done. And then they probably never go back to that stretch again because they've just had a fucking trauma experience with it. And they're going, fuck me, my mobility is really, really hard. That's the wrong way of doing it. You need to move into it steadily. It's just like anything, learning a new movement. You, 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 when you learn a back squat, we don't just go, right, here you go, load up a fucking bar, get it. It's like you move through it. You start with the air squat. You move through ranges. Your static position, especially if it's a bad one, you need to find a way where you can sit in there and start to work it over, I'd say, 90 seconds to two minutes. Because once you get into there and then you work on your breathing as well, because that's a big part of the static stretching, inhaling and exhale. So you're going to inhale, it's going to feel like, holy shit, it's getting tight. And then when you exhale, naturally that's now letting the system go, okay, relax and let me move into it. And after 30, 40 seconds, you'll be like, okay, that's feeling a little bit more comfortable. Keep going, another 30 seconds. Oh, that's feeling, now you're starting to express and get into that further range. Mm. Um, and then you just keep working it. Like it's got to be consistent. So you've got to find that time. Like, right, I need to do this. I need to be able to touch my toes because it's a big problem. We've got to understand that. 
I always refer to the to, to the toe touch because it's probably one of the tightest muscle groups I see is the hamstrings. A lot of people find that's going to lead to back injuries. You know, once Quite, they get yeah. tight, it's going to go up the back, and that's where a lot of back injuries can come. It can even start like for me. My hamstrings were always super flexible, but I never spent any TLC work on my calves. So my calves were tight, and that's what's always you know aggravating my hamstrings mm. and then goes into my QLs and now my QLs are super super tight yeah, yeah. so it's not it's not the point oh I work my QLs yes sweet I've loosened them off in two weeks boom two weeks later they're back tight because the cause of the problem is my calves yeah it's just like like everything you're fighting the fire so you got right it right in front of you rather than actually yeah and normally the where the big where, where the big problem is that's not what started it so you've got to do that chain reaction and start working down and going right i've got to loosen here and loosen there and that's like if you ever go to any kind of professional like physio, chiro, like osteo, any of them, it's, it's that. They go from the, the source of the pain and then they'll just go, because pain is the same thing, it's a neurological thing, it comes from the brain. So, yeah, it's not actually in the, the muscle unless there's like real trauma, but then there's still uh, uh, signals from the brain. But you, yeah, you work from, as you said, like if your QL's tight, okay, work from your QL. If that loosens it, Okay, good, but still work as you said. Down Keep the down because look down, look down, look down. And it's, it's the same thing when people go to see a chiropractor. Yeah, you know, you go in there, they click your bones, they realign you, you feel amazing. But the problem is, it's not the the, the joints that've gone; it's the ligaments and muscles around the joints that have put you in there. So if they, if you come out of that chiropractor, and you don't do the required flexibility or mobility protocols after conscious work in the gym to make them stay open you, within a, a week or two you're tight again and then that's when i'd say to you we've got a shitty chiropractor if they've not given you the right moves to do it so they go look i don't want to see you in three weeks and you know it's just all for the money so be aware <laughs> week, with that week, because yeah next week next week next week yeah and we'll it's, a, it's a point if you're week. putting into like high intensity training you've got to You've got to put in the work to recover. It's recovery protocol work, but it's got to be, you know, the thing is, it's, it's time consuming. It can be boring. It can feel not very rewarding because it can take a long time to start to get, but when you start to get those ranges, not only are you going to be, you know, a lot stronger, you're going to start expressing movement a lot better and leads more to the goals that you, you're trying to achieve. I think, if, yeah, if you're like, if, like the whole, if your whole warm up is based around like passive stretching and mo like mobile like mobilization is a bit different. But if your whole warm up's based around passive stretching, sitting on a foam roller, rolling on a ball for a little bit, and you're like, okay, now I can move. It's like, a that's that's the first issue. Like, why do you have to spend so long to be able to get into yeah. positions? But then at the same time, as we we're saying, like a lot of this stuff is neurological there's there's times where i'm like oh shit my fucking trap's tight i'll roll it 10 minutes later it's exactly the same it's just yeah. tighten back up and, and again there's, neurological. there's also neurological there's also times of days where you'd probably be more looser and then you'll be tighter depending on your work hydration comes into it as well massive part from a lot of people probably dehydrated well, gen you genetics know. like male female yeah female, there's there's female, lots of other things that, so that can play into it um if you're yeah if you've spent like years doing flexibility and like banded stuff and shoulder passovers and you're like, well, I still can't get into a snatch position. Yeah, you need to change change the approach, change the exercise selection, change how you, you focus on it, like doing the mobility and the flexibility outside of training. Because as you said, same thing yeah. as the chiropractor, you, 
you do your flexibility, mobility before your session, but then you go into your session. Don't focus on your movement, which is the thing that's really gonna reinvent the positions and get you out of bad habits. And then you just go home and that's it. Yeah. You've not like, you've basically like undone a little bit, but then done it back tenfold. Mm. And then gone home and be like, okay, I've done my mobility, I've done my flexibility, I've done my training, I'm, I'm good. Like yeah. that, like if you want long-term change, you gotta separate them. Put them like, apart. You've got to spend time. You've got to spend time exactly. on it. And that's where we move into the third one. Passive. Passive flexibility. It can be sitting in positions for longer durations of times. Or what? where we go back to the antagonist and an agonist. And then you've probably heard of PNF stretching. Which is... Um, Proprioceptive neuromuscular facilitation. <laughs> Fucking hell. That's, that's, yeah, exactly. That's a, uh, for me, that with my dyslexia, forget that one. <laughs> so I, I was going to let you do it. And I, was just I like, will not get that out. But it's a more advanced form of flexibility training, which involves both the stretching and contracting of the muscle groups being targeted. Um, and then you'll hear of some coaches using the pails and rails, which is progressive angular isometric loading and regressive angular isometric loading. I feel these are both pretty much the same thing. Um, And it's an isometric loading protocol. In other words, this is when stretching and contracting the muscles are being lengthened stretched followed by, again, the opposing muscles, just like the antagonist and the agonist. So like you're basically putting yourself in that end range and instead of being active and stretching it, you're trying to create a contraction. Yeah, an isometric hold like you were doing one like the frog the other day I do on the um, frog or with the butterfly so one I can work is if, if I'm sitting against the wall imagine I've got my butterfly here I can then work a couple of dumbbells knees, on the knees out. and then I will work on lifting up which would be the progressive angular isometric yeah. and then the regressive would be letting it go the other way I can't, I can't so it's, you, 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 it's basically it's like you're contracting and then you're Relaxing. contracting the other way. Yeah. yeah depending so. depending on the movement. Depending on the movement, it can get. This is where mobility and flexibility can get. Like, like I say, it becomes very complex, and it's like how you become a coach to learn how to train people here. This is just another whole realm of, co- of coaching and learning and stuff and learning how to implement it and get people to understand it uh, but it is a very very great way again of using those opposing muscles to li- literally instantly create express new range yeah so that this is this pnf this uh i'm not even gonna fucking attempt it again yeah, just um, call it pnf this pnf training has been has been around a lot longer than these like kind of newer schools of thought so i remember back in school talking about it and, and you if you've ever been to like a physio or Cairo and they look at like your hip movement they lift your leg up maybe they put it on their shoulder your leg straight they're like okay relax they stretch into you and now they're like now drive against me which, hard which would be the progressive yeah and then you then for a couple of seconds you relax then they can move you a little bit more range yeah, you can so, actually so literally a you, significant the, the, degrees of the, range you would be holding your leg and they would say right push into my hands like 80% of tension then they'd say relax move you a bit further exhale and as soon as you exhale you would literally go centimeters into a new range because now you've just let the nervous system and everything just go okay let's and it's it's a fantastic way you can try like try at home and see see the difference yourself don't don't get the person 
um, who's doing it, pushing you into ranges that are like uncomfortable. Yeah. Just go to kind of an end range where you're like, okay, I feel a little yeah. bit of tension. You, you, like, you, you, you would want to do this over a certain amount of breaths. And again, you would be in that position for probably about 90 seconds yeah, with, so you know, go, right, maybe go, three right. to four PNF contractions going in, which would, from there, would take your leg to, to here. And it's a, it's a great way of, again, building through, that's what I mean, you've got to, Awareness. your mobility is going to be your training, going through mm. time under tension with a back squat, then you could be working on some of these at the end to be moving through that range That's even the thing, more. yeah, it's like, you can do as much of this in your warm-ups, but it's not going to make the long-term difference, where, as I said, like this, all this stuff blends, so you've got to do this passive, like, flexibility work to then be able to allow you into better positions that you can then create contractions in and build the mobility so yeah this stuff can get you into better positions but then you've got like one of those positions by keeping oh. keeping light load or unloaded and eventually building and you, building building and you've got to do it because we can see that sometimes if you are really tight in these positions it's gonna t it is gonna take a long time it's not going to be a quick fix. Yes. Everyone wants a quick fix, but, you know, it's just the same as, like, if I look at how I'm working my side splits now compared to my front splits, front splits I found pretty much the hamstrings were good to go. It was my hip flexor that mm. was the block on that. So I'm now putting in these protocols on some hip flexor work. It's now starting to release and move through nicely. I'm not far away from that. I think another two, three months, I'll have the full mm. front split on the floor comfortably. The side split, on the other hand, my uh, adductors are a lot worse state than my hip flexors. They're going to take a bit of time now because now I've got to strengthen them. So I've got to do my strength training on them, going through like the, the horse dance again and other, and other stuff. And that could take me the best part of a year or more, but that's consistent training. So that's been me doing my side split work just two times a week, two times a week, and then just... Greasing the groove of other stuff, as I call it. There's greasing yeah. the groove. And, that, and that's when we can move into the mobility tools. Everyone grabs a foam roller. Like I really find it a problem. If you come into doing your training session and you're having to roll around on a foam roller and getting a band and pulling yourself all around and hanging to loosen yourself up for training, you have got a big problem. As we said, that's just going to create a neurological adaptation for a very short window it is so you, it's a quick you've done your warm-up it's a quick fix it's and... a quick fix like there's loads of studies out there on foam rollers to say it works it doesn't work you can pull these studies up pretty much i can tell you now foam rollers are not a waste of time but it is it is just like it's like an it's like an ibuprofen it's just a short it's just, it's just a short-term fix. It's, think, it's not going to fix your mobility long-term. Yes, it will maybe take a pain away from your whatever muscle is doing to get you training. But it's not, I wouldn't say, I'd, I'd say, look, it's something, if it makes you feel better, hey, use it. It's, it's like with everything. If it makes you feel good, use it. Every but tool has its... I think if you're really looking to express new range and get into better positions, that foam roller is not going to do that for you. The lacrosse ball is not going to do that for you. And then that's where we look into what is what do they really do? They they're working on the tissue supposed to be the fascia, which is like the layer between the skin and the muscle, and like basically if that gets super tight, and, and this this is known there's loads of um, like if anyone watches MotoGP because they're basically constantly on their forearm, yeah. their fascia gets really tight, it, it constricts the muscle, 
um, and then basically it limits their, their movement or their endurance through the forearm. So a lot of MotoGP riders have that surgically like basically sliced and opened up to release the tension in there. Yeah. When we say tightness a muscle, like the actual like knots and tightness in a muscle is, you're not gonna, it's not like a bit of string. You don't, your muscle just doesn't go like that and no, create a knot. No, no, it's, it's like just a build a, up. It's just a saying, it's just a saying that makes people think, okay, this is a, a tighter muscle. But as we said, it's, a lot of it's down to neuromuscular, a neurological, unless yes, you've torn something. And then you've actually created structural change in the muscle. And 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 then when it does come down to a knot as well, normally the, the foam roller's not going to get rid of it because you're not going hard enough on that knot. No. Because it's fucking painful. <laughs> and if you know, if you've had a good sports massage and they know what they're doing and they find the knot, yeah, you'll it know... Ain't, it ain't like you're relaxing massage. You'll, you you'll know when, when they're on that and it, it, it takes a good bit of pressure to actually get rid of that, which most of the time when people are on a foam roller, they go, oh, oh, I don't like that bit. I'm going to move away. And then they go onto a nice relaxing oh, part of the nice. muscle, muscle. So there we can see that yeah, it's pretty pointless when you yeah. look at it like that. Unless you're doing it properly... Uh, but again, I wouldn't rely on the tools. I would go revert back to what we've just talked about: mobility, flexibility. Like you know, going going through the active range. and passive ranges, finding finding static stretches, working on PNF, working on moving those ranges. That's going to give you the long term. But as you said, like every, every tool or every everything has its place. It has, oh, it. and this like, is where exercise selection and. This can be seen and, as exercise. And don't get selection. me wrong, there's sometimes where I feel like, right, my traps are really it's nice stiff. To, it's and, nice. And I get a lacrosse like, ball and I roll and, and it does work. And it, look, I will go, yeah, it works for me. And then we have the highly fucking priced massage guns, which, you know, hey, I've used them a couple of times and you do feel great. But again, is that giving you long-term flexibility? No, it's just making you get rid of that. Oh, I feel a little bit loose. I feel nice now. Just By that, <laughs> it's not solving the problem. It's like a Black & Decker drill. Well, it was, wasn't it? it? Was, yeah, black & Decker in, drill. Back in the day. And there it, is, um, like, I know, I don't know if it's on here, but the, like, the if anyone's ever used a TENS machine, complex thing, they're a little bit different because it's all to do with electrical impulses. Um, so it's so just I, flushing, it, isn't it? Yeah, it's actually it's creating... pushing blood and taking it through it's just creating contractions in the muscles and that that's and like then you can use it for the tendons to try and create as much stimulation to get blood there so yeah there's probably you're you're probably going to get a little i haven't done massive amounts of research on the difference between the two because the the guns are pretty pretty new um but the the tens machines they've been around for for years now so there's definitely a lot more data to show that they've got a better better adaptation they actually work to an extent because they use the electrical impulses that your yeah. brain's basically creating yeah. whereas a massage gun's just beating the shit out of yourself yeah um, but if you've got and, one, and it's like, it's like yeah. I say you can go and see someone and then they'll lie you down they'll do some cupping they'll do some scraping they'll use a massage gun you come out you feel great but that's not going to give you your flexibility no and, and this is the same thing we spoke about with that's, training everything that's it's a just different, a, it's, it's a band-aid it's a different mobility it's like yeah it will get rid of a knot it will help release maybe a bit of fascia what's tight there but it's not going to make you touch your toes it might make you touch your toes there and then but then tomorrow minutes. wake up in the morning you're going to see your back where you and that's where you've got to express the range through the other protocols of flexibility and mobility yeah yeah so we're not saying like any of these therapies are we're not poo-pooing them we're not no, saying, like, don't do them because i I, I get. Listen, I, 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 I love. I, I done a cupping course. I cut myself 
frequently. I fucking love it. Probably do it a little bit too hard sometimes. But it works for me. It helps release some the studies they're saying it doesn't release fascia. Well it makes me feel like it fucking does. So I I don't mind that. It releases some tension. Yeah, and then somewhere. there's uh, you know, probably one of the I think probably one of the best therapies you can get when we get into the is, is dry needling. I think the way I heard the expression of this is you think if you've got your problems like an onion, every time you're using a massage gun or a foam roller, you're just maybe moving one layer off that onion where if you get dry needling, you're like right into the pin heart of it. As we know from Shrek says, onions have layers. Yeah. If anyone's a Shrek fan. But yeah, like, yeah, dry needling and quite interesting to, um, I was talking to, like, I I see a, I think she's a Cairo, I don't know. But she does dry needling and, as you said, like unbelievable stuff, and talking to, talking to her about it, it's interesting. Just like it's probably everyone's like, oh, if you hate needles, they're actually incredibly thin, and you don't actually feel it. It's just like a little prick sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes you don't even feel it, but sometimes it's like a fucking electric shock. Yeah, because like, that's when you show that you've got like a muscle that's, like, that's I've, I've, super I've, contracted. I've literally had it, so I've got a good osteopath called Dan who d- he's done it before, and he actually put the little electrodes on it. <laughs> so he's sending a voltage for it and then when he pulled it out he went Tris look at this and the, it was a gigantic um, the, the dry needle but it was literally in a horseshoe shape and I said why have you bent it he goes no that's happened inside that your contraction has done that inside I was like fucking hell yeah, but so. it, but it's again it's a great therapy so how we're going with these therapies it's like it depends on how severe you yeah. are and this is where it's, it can turn into like you, you're injured with, with your mobility, or it's just a case of you need to grease the groove. There's different, it depends on the level where you are. Now, if you're not too bad, you can grease the groove, do some of the, you know, the flexibility work, some static holds and PNF, that might be enough. If you've got something that's looking more into an injury, then that's when you're gonna to look to mm. see a specialist and get some of these therapies done to also help. And not only that, sometimes having a good, just a, an MOT once a month, like just a, a go over MOT, to make sure everything's oh. aligned, a good sports massage, a bit of dry needling. It's, it's great, especially if you're doing a lot of high put outputs of, of training. But yeah. that doesn't mean you just see that person and then you avoid. It's not the root cause. No, you've got to you've got to put in your protocols. Things that can get you into a better position. You've got, yeah, you got to do, you do you got to do your, your flexibility work. You've got to do your mobility work. It's, um, and that's where we can turn into right. When do you prioritize it? When do you do it? What is the best time to do it? Like I feel a lot of the time we see, especially in classes, we see the good bit of uh, you know. The dynamic warm-up, shall we say, that gets you going. And I feel like a dynamic warm-up is great. So you can express some of those yoga moves in a dynamic warm-up. It just means you're not going to sit in there passively for a long time. So you can go through, like I think one of the good ones is the world's greatest stretch. Where you just, go through that big lunge, you go into the hamstring. Yeah, rotation. You know, it's a every, great everything. great way of warming up and getting the, not only the muscles, but the ligaments to get prepped for, for whatever movements you're going to be doing. Um and then what you probably see is after the, the, the Metcon or whatever, or a hard training sessions, people spend five minutes after on a bit of mobility. Waste of time. Pointless. That's not going to express the new range. It's not going to take and, and, and further that adaption of, of get, getting better in your mobility. Yeah. I always say to people, look, warm down, do your stuff, and then try and put it in in the evening. Personally, after a training session, just sit on a bike, sit on a rower, blood yeah. flow. Like, get the blood flow. Normally what you've done is pump your like body through full of like toxin, lactate, and all you need to do is just you let the muscles use that as a fuel, because it is a fuel, and just like, yeah, cool down, warm down. Like yeah. if you ever went to like, like athletics as a kid, 
what would you do? You'd do a jog around the track. It would be your cool down. They wouldn't do any fancy stretching. It's just, yeah, almost yeah. like an engine. Just let it tip back down. Let it slow back down. And, so and, and, then, and then that's it. Then you can move into your, your passive stretching later on that night. You could spend mm. five, ten minutes on those muscles that you've worked. Keep, like I say, greasing the groove every night and, and making them... Ultimately. Stay, stay in that, stay in that range where they are, or working on improving into that range. Normally, if you do it as you said, like like you were talking about earlier, where you're in a relaxed state and you're trying to breathe and you're trying to stay in that more um, rest and digest nervous system, so relaxed nervous system state. Do it before you go to bed. You'll be sleepy. It's going to help. Yeah, that's, you'll be again, sleepy. And that's where we go to our, 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 our sleep habits, and yeah. you're you're doing your warm up for sleep. You're going in. So you could go and have a nice hot shower. Then you come out, do some of your stretching, go into your nice cool room, dark room, you're oh, out. There you go. You're out. A nice setup. And that's like more so for the people who train late, later. Yeah, um, yeah. If you're training earlier in the day, obviously you want to shower and stuff. Then you, you just walk Then you can look at cold therapy. So I know if I have cold showers, I always have that earlier on in the day. And it can so, brighten you up and make up. you feel amazing. And doing just doing, you know, just doing that with you if you train earlier in the day yeah and i think like another priority is prioritize like we all will always go on about this prioritize good movement as i said i touched on a coach coach called eugene uh, teos an australian guy and he basically he doesn't he's incredibly like strong and he doesn't he he doesn't live by a warm-up he just says get in and focus prioritize movement yeah. if you want to do say a back squat or a certain movement Warm up with that movement. Get like really, really focused on what you're doing and nail the pattern, as we said. Then you're going to be creating better adaptation through the movement. Yeah. You're going to eventually get into a little bit better ranges. You're going to feel more comfortable. And back to greasing the groove. Greasing you're just the groove. greasing the groove of the movement, but with consciousness. Instead of just coming in and doing a warm up of like back squats and just like going bar on your shoulders, relax, going, no, no. No. And, and and again, when we had um, Sonny Webster come here yeah. and do a seminar, everyone was like, what, "What's the mobility? What's the mobility?" And he goes, "Well, I don't need to do that. His his warm up is basically grabbing He's the bar moved. and going through the movements, so going through pulls, going through muscle snatches, going because he's good to go. And this is where we're trying to say, if you're coming in and you can't go straight into a squat." That's when you need to go, right, I need to now prioritize some flexibility and mobility training. And then that's when I would say you need to look at one of your training days, taking that out and spending a day on improving that range. Yeah. Um, because that's when we can look at intensity levels. Now, if you're doing intensity training and then you're trying to express intensity mobility, it's going to leave your body pretty beaten up. And then that's when it can have a reverse effect and leave you feeling a lot tighter. Yeah. So... If you're coming in and going, yeah, I'm really struggling with my squat, rather than just trying to force through, and like a good saying of uh, is, if you keep loading shit with shit, you're <laughs> going to be more shit. It's not just all of a sudden going to be, turn into a fucking bouncing unicorn. You know, you're going to fucking the, squat the like shit forever because you're loading more shit on shit. So fix it. So go, right, I need to back off from this and do some of these protocols, get some new ranges, and then build up the strength in your lovely new range. Yeah, I think the everyone's probably heard of Kelly Starrett in the, the CrossFit world, and his, I think his book, I think he's actually changed the name of it, but his um, mobility, <coughs> like manual type of thing, is called Supple Leopard, for the reason that a leopard doesn't stand around stretching for half an hour before it attacks a lion. Mm. 
like it, uh, a lion. It's, it doesn't fucking eat lions. No, if they if did it's, shit. Uh, uh, like a, a gazelle. A gazelle, yeah. It it's ready to pounce. It's in the grass. It sees it, bang, it goes. Like and that's and, how, and that's how we're saying. So when you're coming in, that 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 quick dynamic sort of moving through those ranges, air squats, whatever. We always revert to the back squats because it's the easiest one to try and get you guys to understand without it being a too of a complicated movement. Um, and ready to go, ready yeah. to go. And then you're building up whatever strength cycle, you're building up through your sets. You get into that top range set, then you might back off. And then that's where we look at, you know, how your hypertrophy or your strength training works. But without that range, again, you're going to load shit and look like shit. I'd love to see a leopard like, Foam rolling and getting some bands out. Banded. That's what I mean. Could you imagine? Say to the gazelle, just just hold on a sec. I just need to like. I've got a little bit of a you know tight uh, rotator yeah. cuff. I just yeah, need to just, do some just, of this. Do this. just hold there. I'm just oh, gonna yeah. just do my band work and I'll be right with you. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so, that, that leopard ain't fucking eating and that. That's, and that's and and again, it's it's not the fun stuff. It's it's consistent timing stuff. But if you do put it in. I guarantee within a month you're going to feel better. You're going to see mm. ranges and you're going to be like, right, yeah, I, I'm doing this right now. I think I'm getting what I want out of these movements. Yeah, I think you said it perfectly earlier as well with the stretching. It's like, yeah, everyone wants intensity with everything. Yes. Yeah, don't, like, don't hear your stretching. Oh, if I go hard on this, it's going to fucking... No, it's not. You've got to... Like, oh, it's in pain. That means You've got to trick better. it. It's, it's tricking yeah. it. It's tricking the system. You've yeah, got to trick it. And the system goes, oh, okay, yeah, this is a safe. I'm going to relax and let it go further. And you got to think, like, when you go into these things, um, you're, you're basically... You're putting, as you said, like, muscles and tendons through extended range through more stress. And you've got to take your time with the recovery because tendons and ligaments are, are, are well known in the field for not having as good blood supply. Mm -hmm. So they don't heal as well. No. So that's why you'll see like if someone breaks a leg, like touch wood never happens, six weeks you're, you're pretty much back and depending on the leg break. You tear, you do your ankle, your ACL, like ACL. Probably you might know someone who's done that ACL. A year, two years. That like because the blood supply just isn't there to create mm -hmm. the recovery. Yeah. So that's where you've got to allow time in between and doing the right things. Like as I said, after after a workout, sit on a bike. Sit on the bike. It's all about blood flow to promote better recovery, and that goes back to the dry needling as well, yeah. and like the cupping and all these therapies. All it is is about is just trying to bring blood supply to that area to then remove toxins, give it the nutrients it needs. To repair, to regrow, yeah, and then create adaptation. Yeah, that's it. And that, you know, that's where it's like you've got to make sure that you're not doing too little. You've got to do yeah. enough. So you've got to five minutes once a week. Yeah, it's gonna not going to do it. It's not going to do it. Like I say, if you've really got a bad problem, a really limiting problem that you've like, yeah, this is bad. So whether it is your hips, flexors, or if it's your hamstrings, or, it's, or again, we haven't really, sorry, we haven't touched overhead, which was my li most limiting factor, which I realized was all coming from my lats. So I was working so much, <laughs> Nothing. so much on my, on my shoulders that it was actually my lats and my pecs that needed a little bit more work. So and, that, and all that bench over the years. With those yeah, not only that, just all, the, all those back workouts just, tightening them up so i had to work a hell of a lot of that to improve my handstands because without that range my handstands are just always going to suffer again it's like this well every time i was going up into a handstand it was shit and i kept loading shit so until i started expressing more of that and getting it, it starts to get better but i couldn't just keep trying to do the handstand to make it happen i had to put in 
a lot of work now on opening these areas and doing the, the hard stuff, the, the grueling stuff, the stuff I'm not enjoying. It's It doesn't feel nice when I do it. But once you do it and stay consistent with it, it's very rewarding. And then you'll get that enthusiasm to do it more because you're going, oh, I, wow, look, I've actually moved mm. two inches on this range. Um, it's coming, but it does take time. So for some people, it could be a quick fix. But for some of us, it could be a very long time. Yeah, and, that, and that's like with anything, is consistency breeds results. Is strength, is, strength is easier to stay motivated, stay consistent because you come in, you deadlift 40 kilos, and next week you deadlift 50. Like that's, you, we can see that, that happens yeah. constantly. The flexibility, you might in a month get maybe a degree, a degree of change. Yeah. And, and then like another six months, another degree of and, change. And then there could be a few other aspects you've thrown in there. There could be, uh, you know, we know that stress is a, a, a tensioner. You know, there could be a point that you're, you're inflamed for more reason. You could be a point that you're dehydrated. So when you are doing your flexibility work again, you're like, holy shit, I feel like I've gone backwards. Mm. That's when you've got to look at the things around. Or you've done a massive, serious, high-intensity workout, forgot to do your mobility, and then two days later, you're going, oh, I'm going to do it now. And then you've, you're have you tight again. It's like you've got these consistencies there. That's the word with everything. Consistency. Keep it there. You've got, like I say, greasing the groove every night, working mm. on a training session of just your, your, your flexibility and mobility. Um, mm. because it can it can be a high intensity workout that that time under tension at that end range of motion it, you know to signal the nervous system to let go can can be a stress factor and can leave you equally as sore the next day you know so you got to yeah. you got to think of it as like cuz it is all neurological it's all in it's basically all in the mind like like everything you got to see it like learning a language yeah, like so if you don't know another language or if you have learnt another language in school you know it's not fucking easy to start off with it's constant practice constant being around it and the best way to learn a language as most people know is immerse yourself in that language mm. so you've got to immerse yourself daily like <clears throat> do it see it like talk like but balance it but balance it and not too little not too much when you do too thing. much the body will fight back mm. and you can get creative as with, with it as well we're not saying yeah, it has to you, be like, so the like, more, like the static yeah so I, I think like doing like three rounds of say three components like a superset yeah you know so you could look at you know expressing the motion the, 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 the mobility then you could look at going into like the PNF or the pales and rails and then mm. you can go into like a passive range and then do that again, three times. All, all three. There nice you go, time. all three. Do that, all, you know, in a row, and just each time try and take it to the next step. So if you go, okay, I've got to this range this time, but I'm still comfortable. Next time, I'm going to go a little bit more, a little bit more, and then with your train, they work in harmony. They will work in harmony. Mm. The, the strength and the flexibility work will work really, really yeah. well. Yeah, and I think something we didn't touch on is, is well, as you said, with the toe touch, a toe touch is a great test. It's uh, like. <laughs> Like te like training, track and measure, test, yeah. test. Like there's a really good one that we'll we'll put up in regards to looking ankle dorsiflexion, where you basically measure the degree of shin angle, and they this is a test. It's, you're going to see progression. If you're not, it's very subjective. It's like oh, okay, one week I was here, six months later I was here, and it's like oh, it doesn't look any different, but maybe that's four degrees. Yeah, and that's four degrees on like a 40 degree angle is a fucking like it's 10 percent change it's, yeah. it's good it's, it's good really and, good and then so. like i say you could get like exactly like that you could get a point where within two weeks you've gone through a massive range because the body's 
adjust it to it really quick and yeah, then it will it. get to the really sticky sticky part where then it will start to slow down and then that's where you feel like oh it's not going to happen it will stay consistent keep doing it and you'll get it that's like yeah and there, there is like with all of this there is yeah definitely a, a limiting factor there, there's going to be a point where you can't go any further mm-hmm. like you you will have predetermined that it's down to as we as we spoke about like kind of gender hormones and then also um like genetics oh and, and then, and then that, yeah and, and then that becomes a, a much more sort of like case where okay if it is joint on joint and stuff like that like, like you've worn out tissues and yeah or positions of positions of hips positions yeah, of shoulders but, like skeletal um changes yeah so there, yeah there's a lot of other things that come into play but i like like with everyone it's all it's quite it's quite easy to turn around and just go oh yeah it's genetics mm. it's genetics that i'm like that it's like Maybe have you given it the time, if you put in the, the conscious effort to work movement patterns alongside flexibility, alongside mobility, to then over a long period of time, don't just do it for a week, six weeks, and be like, oh yeah, I didn't get any change, this is terrible. It's like, like anything, you've got to give it time. Give it time. Give it time. Give it time, that. stay consistent with it, and you know, and if you, if you really are struggling with it, then find someone who understands it and they can, they can give you basically like a training program to, uh, to fit in with your, your daily routines mm. of training. That's yeah. going to work for you. It's just being consistent with it. And, yeah. and again, not doing too little, not doing too much, working through the different ranges and stuff that we, we've said, expressions of flexibility and mobility, and just put it into practice and you will get where you want your movements will start fluently be you know better you will probably start to notice strength increasing because you know if you've got a tight muscle it's going to be very hard to try and make that get stronger when it's tight well also yeah and it doesn't send like if something's blocked and tightened up it doesn't send signals as well to the brain so you're not going to create as much much adaptation in that side yeah or that muscle group or whatever so yeah actually like having a tight group of muscles or muscle can actually limit the potential hypertrophy and strength progression of that side through the signals. All it, all, all we are is just little fucking atoms going across our body, like throughout constantly. But yeah, like there's loads of other things to take into account rather than just like the flexibility and mobility that we that we touched on. But yeah, like. Tristan's always got some good knowledge. He's more yeah. than me. I'm, as Conor McGregor said, stiff as a board. So. After this podcast, we will. if you look onto our, um, our Instagram page, we will put on some followers on here. So we'll, I'll put on there like a hamstring routine. I'll try and put on there as a quad routine, an overhead routine. Just a little quick sort of like three round so, sort of thing yeah. that you can express and start using and go, okay, yeah, and, 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 and putting it through. We will do that for you guys. So that, without going further into it, that's a, this is a great place to start. You know, go through this. Again, if you find anything too confusing, reach out to us, message us, um, and start putting it into play because it will make you feel better. Stop, Especially, stop wasting your time in the input. Stop, stop coming in and grabbing a band and rolling around on the roller and thinking that's your mobility. It's a, it's a number. It's just numbing you 
so you can do your training and that, that's a problem there's there's areas that need to be loosened off and, and gained back with the right protocols uh, not saying don't do a foam roller because like i say there's times when i need that lacrosse ball yeah. to to work out a bit of tissue just work 100 percent. just be mindful of what it's what it's doing in the long term but yeah that's just, like just don't get caught up on thinking that those tools are your mobility that's not your movement your expression taking range of motion that is your 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 flexibility and movement mobility is, yeah so go back to that charles poliquin yeah again yeah look look at that there you go it is it is all about that so if you like this episode please push a like button guys if you're on itunes please leave a review it will help us out to take things forward and get out there to more people who probably need to hear this and start putting it into play but that's the end of today thanks for listening guys i'll catch you on the next one see you later